Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days Just representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there Who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives So excited to have Sam Noyce on the podcast today she is going to be running Boston in under a month. Can you believe it? The Boston Marathon is right around the corner, which means spring is here. I am so excited to talk to Sam about her uh, her evolution as a runner, running Boston, and not only running Boston, but running as part of Native Women Running. She got selected, uh, two people, uh, she was one of two people who was selected by Native Women Running uh, to represent their organization at Boston. So we talked all about that growing up on the Navajo Reservation down in New Mexico and what she's up to lately. She's just a fascinating person, and I couldn't wait to get her on the podcast. So without further ado, let's hear from Sam Noyce. All right, we are here with Sam Noyce. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Sam, do you have a countdown of days to Boston? Do you have do you have like a little like calendar you crossing off these. You know how many days are left until you're going to be racing? Yes, I do have a countdown. I have two calendars that I marked off every day. Um, I know that we are four weeks out, so I just count down from there. Why two calendars? Um, one is from my work. That's right in you know in front of my workstation, and then the other one is my training calendar. So I mark them off both days. Oh, how exciting! I I love that. And when you're when you're counting down. Was there a point where it went from excitement, like, all right, this is great, to like, do you get that point where you think you're, maybe you're already, maybe you're already there, where it gets to like, uh-oh, it's getting close. I'm starting to get a little nervous. Have you, have you reached that point yet, or do you think you'll get to that point, or is it just going to be happy thoughts all the way through? <laughs> it will be happy thoughts because I'm really excited, but at the same time, I am there at that point. I am really nervous, and I am having these thoughts. Um, but overall, you know, I'm, I put in the work and I know I can do it. So I'm really excited what, what's to come. This is really exciting. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about, I, in the intro, I described a little bit about what was going on um, and, and why you're running Boston and, and really th- this really exciting opportunity. When did running marathons become a thing that you wanted to, to do and, and, and start pursuing? Uh, I started running, mar- well, this is my third marathon. So um, my first one was back in 2016. I was only 20 years old um, and I just fell in love with running. Um, I've always been a runner since I was 10. So uh, just the distance going as far as you can or you think you can with your body, um, it just amazes each time. And I I hope to pursue more longer distance other than a marathon in the future. Oh, wow. See, 20 years old. Most people don't run that distance at that age. So that early on in life, you said you mentioned you started running at 10. Um, What was the impetus to really start going long at such an early age when a lot of people, maybe from a mainstream perspective, don't usually go that long that early on in life. So what, what, what was the, the genesis or instigation to, to start pursuing it, um, you know, in your teens and early twenties? 
Yeah. Uh, so I started running at that age um, because my dad, um, he was a runner um, during that time. He would always wake up before the sun raised and he would pray and he would get out the door and he would do 10 miles, um, just so many distances and it would inspire me and he would wake me up with him to join him but I wouldn't be able to run that much that long. Um, my dad passed away when I was a sophomore in high school and uh, he just in- inspired me. Um, my he, I feel like his running had pe- been passed down to me. Um, so I'm just keeping it going and I, I love running. So when you're think when you're getting going out there and doing your daily routine, do you harken back to things that your father did as part of his morning routine from a runner, or is this something that has manifested itself into something that's purely the Sam Noyce ritual? I wouldn't say it's necessarily what my father did. Um, it's different. Uh, as for my culture, I grew up on the Navajo reservation, so we didn't have um, electricity. We didn't have running water where I lived. So sometimes when it would be um, snowed in, um, muddied in, because we didn't have highway roads, we didn't have gravel, we had dirt. So when we would be mud in, we would have to walk to destinations or even run to destinations to um, reach to the nearest people, uh, relatives that we had nearby to be able to get help or food or water or anything. So it wasn't just the side of what my dad brought on uh, for me, but also um, being able to run for my family to get things for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. What was your family life like in terms of brothers and sisters? Uh, so I have um, one sister and I have uh, two brothers, um, but I grew up on the reservation with my grandparents. They raised me, uh, my brother, and my other brother. Um, so it was just us three that were um, living with my grandparents. And what were the ages of you and your brothers? Uh, so my older brother, he started living with my grandparents when he was two, and then me and my other brother started living with him when we were three. Gotcha. All right. And I, I miss I, I didn't say that quite right. I apologize. Well, that, that's, thank you for sharing that, first of all. Uh, I guess, what's the age difference between the siblings? Oh, <laughs> uh, we are really close. Uh, I would say one to two years apart. Okay. So running seems like, obviously, as you mentioned, it, it seemed like a, a valuable part of your dad's life. With that said, it was a valuable part of, of your lives, not merely from an exercise perspective, but just from a way of life perspective. Like we need to do this to just have, you know, as just part of our life. So when you were growing up in uh, on the reservation and you're you're having this situation where running has you know taken multiple forms in terms of its importance to you and your family, um, how did it shape how you view running? Because you're coming at it from a very different perspective than most people where it's kind of either it's purely recreation and sport, where for you it was much more than that. Yes, uh, the way I view running and the way a lot of uh, Native American um, view running is running is a form of medicine. It's healing for us. It is. Um, it provides a lot for us um, to be strong. And uh, for me specifically, it's um, helped me, you know, to keep going um, throughout the years Um I don't see, I don't know when I would see myself not running. I, I feel like it's in my blood and 
it just provides a lot of um, form of, you know, medicine for me. I, I pray when I run and it's a form of prayer for me. Would you mind talking about that in terms of, you know, what exactly that means in terms of how how you do that on the run? And I guess starting from the fact of like how you learned to do that on the run, like did you, was there like mentors in your life that taught you how to do that on the run? Or is this just something that kind of progressed in you as something that you wanted to incorporate in your life? Uh, no, I would say my mentors or my family would be my grandparents, my, my, my dad. Um, it's just, we would always wake up, you know, the crack of dawn and pray before the sun would come up, um, for our life, for our family, for our animals. Um, a form of prayer is always just something that we look forward to, to, um, feel that we are secured and protected by God. Um, and, you know, we are always going to, like a lot of things can happen in life and everything, life is short and everything. So I feel that when you pray, it provides like stress relief. It provides you, um, faith and everything, you know, it makes you feel good. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and I'm really interested in this idea of like praying on the run, right? That's something that is unique is is something that I'm not familiar with. Certainly, I've experienced prayer in other points of my life or maybe at other times of the day. Um, I think the only time I've ever prayed on the run was like, dear God, please let this stop. I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so I guess that's my only, I guess I'm saying that tongue in cheek, of course. Um, I guess just from, but from praying on the run perspective, what exactly does that look like? Um, if you could really dive into like the, the, um, you know, the specifics of that um, and, and how and when you incorporate it on the run. Yeah. So when I run in the morning, I wouldn't say I wake up, you know, before the sun rises every day. Um, I always incorporate it when I'm stretching or doing a night dynamic warm up, you know, just thanking God for having the ability of my body to be able to do this. There's, you know, um, like I said, things can happen on your run. Um, especially like, you know, living in a city that's just, you know, really crazy. <laughs> so just things like that, or um, injuries, like you just want to have that um, strength and guidance to be able to ask for uh, strength and ask for protection um, and look having God look over you when you're doing something. Absolutely. And we should tell people, where are you living now? Oh, I, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. So you talked about your brothers, your grandparents, and your father. Um, within the running culture of where you grew up, um, how how did it work just from a gender perspective? What was it? Was running culture kind of um, eponymous for the boys and the girls? Was it a little heavily you know geared towards one or the other? What what was the makeup of just who was included and who was maybe less included? Uh, I would say both were included, boys and girls. Um, it's for me, it started in middle school, so um, it was cross-country. Um, I wouldn't say we would have a track team until high school, but um, our meets for cross-country would be sometimes hours away, 30 minutes away, because on the reservation, you're not close to any any like cities. You're not close to the, like, the next town would be an hour away. So I feel like for a lot of athletes that were um, running, it would be 
for them to also uh, be able to do something other than just being at home because it is really different from city life compared to growing up on the reservation. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's quite, it seems like a quite the dichotomy from growing up on the reservation to now living in Las Vegas. I know this is kind of going far afield of where we were just talking about, <laughs> but what was the attraction for you of moving to Las Vegas uh, concerning where, where you grew up and, and where you called home? Yeah, it was it was a definitely definitely a change. I wasn't. Um, I actually just recently moved to Las Vegas like two years ago. But before that, um, when I was younger, it was a change um, coming from a reservation and also to the city. Uh, it's really an adjustment. So what what brought you to Vegas? Uh, long story. <laughs> so uh, I graduated high school. Um, in Salt Lake City, and then I, my husband was um, in the Marine Corps in Camp Pendleton in um, California for four years, and then we moved here after that when he got out. So I've been here for two years. Gotcha. All right. So we should say, so you're on a mission to Boston. We talked about it. You and the countdown. We got four weeks left. This is really exciting. Uh, Boston Marathon obviously being a hallmark uh, for so many marathoners. You mentioned this will be your third race, your third marathon. So when did Boston become something that you knew that you wanted to do? Um, I would say since my first marathon when I was 20. Um, I don't know when I will qualify. I feel confident that I will as I get older. Um, I'm I'm working really hard for it, um, but I will be running Boston this year. This is really exciting. So we should say that you were chosen as part of a, a broader sponsorship program through Amazon, but specifically with the Native Women Running Group that Verna Volkler uh, founded a couple of years ago. Verna being someone who's made an enormous impact in a lot of communities, but certainly in the running community. Uh, she's been on the show um, years ago. <laughs> Yes, yes. Many years ago at this point. Um, but her impact is, is absolutely enormous. And I know that she works with a lot of great individuals over there as well. So tell me about what it was like, um, just the process of saying, all right, like, I, you know, I, not only do I want to do this, but just the kind of a little bit, a little bit behind the scenes, not, you know, to get too granular. I know we kind of went, went really deep on this before the call started, but, um, you know, what it was like and what the process was to, uh, run Boston as part of this Native women running selection process and, and how the whole thing came about. Yeah. So as you said, Verna, she's the founder for Native Women Running on Instagram. Um, she has a lot of supporters um, for Native women. And we came up, uh, well, I wouldn't say we, she came up with this opportunity with Amazon um, to be able to pick two um, Native women runners to be able to go to Boston and um, get, you know, support Native women running along with Amazon Um and the process was, I remember that she put out a post on her Instagram. Um, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was like really a, an application type, um, but basically um, seeing if you were ready to run a marathon right now um, and if you would be interested in um, participating in running the Boston Marathon. Um, and her and the leadership team um, had chosen two of us runners to be able to uh, run the Boston Marathon. And it came to be out through Amazon um, to be able to be a partnership with. 
And this is really exciting. So you weren't, you're, it's not a situation where you have to raise money. You were selected as part of a, a sponsorship deal uh, through Amazon, who's obviously working with a couple of different groups with Native Women Running being one of them, which is wonderful. It's, it's the, the group is fantastic. And Verna is a force of nature and, and truly an inspiring person on so many levels. So what was, how did you find out? How did they tell you that you had been chosen? Yeah. So I actually came back from vacation um, back in February. It was like, the middle of February, uh, Verna gave me a call the evening I came back on the flight and uh, she left me a voicemail and she was just saying, I have really good news for you. And I kind of had a feeling it was this, but I really didn't, you know, didn't want to just think, you know. Uh, so I called her that night and she told me, you're going to Boston. And I I was shocked. I didn't know really what to say because it was my first time actually speaking to her too. Um, but also, you know, I never imagined that I would be running Boston. I never, well, not right now at least, but this is a dream, truly a dream come true. And I started crying to her, thanking her. Um, and I was just really, you know, full of happiness and everything. So we got off the phone and I just kept crying. And as me, I was praying and everything, you know, um, but yeah, that's the news when I got it. So when we were told we only had eight weeks, um, it was it's literally a quick turnaround, Sam. <laughs> I hope you were running. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, you know, eight weeks and you know, you're running the Boston Marathon. That is that that, that is a quick turnaround. Yeah, for sure. Right. You, you got like this is why they say always be base building. I guess dude, yeah. normally they say it because, you know, it's it's important to keep getting better. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you earn a miss amazing opportunity where it's like, hey man, two months. Let's, let's make it happen. Um, this is so exciting. So obviously, as a runner who's been aware of Boston, you mentioned when you were 20, you really wanted to run the Boston Marathon. This is really exciting. With that said, what's it like to not sit and that's not you know, merely be running Boston, but to be doing it as part of Native Women Running and to bring attention to this wonderful organization and all the work that they're doing and in and, and that community, in addition to, you know, your personal goals and, and things like that? Yeah. So basically, I am viewing it to support Native women running, you know, the indigenous people itself. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't know that we exist still as Indians. So I feel that I want to be able to have my culture known out there, have people know that Native women running can do it. We we are able to um, finish the Boston Marathon. We are able to run it, um, even if it's not qualifying for it right now. So I just really want to be able to um, give support for Native women running and show that other people can do it. And also the younger generations that look looks forward to us um, that are following us. Right. You, and you brought up both sides there, right? To letting people know who aren't familiar, hey, this is what's going on. In addition to it, letting Native women who either may not be running yet or maybe, you know, getting into the running community, like, hey, there's a there's a larger community here of support. So let's dive into that part. What's it like for you um, just, you know, in integrating yourself 
as much as you can in the Native running, Native women running community, not merely in your area, just like your locale down Vegas, but also just the broader community and, and really, you know, supporting each other and working with each other and trying to make it, um, I guess, as, as, as vibrant a community as you can. Yeah. So I feel that since I started my page on Instagram, I've had enormous amount of support and the running community itself is really huge. Um, so when you dive into the Native Women Running, when I found their page, I felt like I was, um, I felt like I was not the only one, you know, I, because it is hard to find, um, I guess, growing up and everything, switching from the reservation to the city, I I felt like I was the only Native woman out there um, just because I didn't see anybody running um, or that I would run into. So I I see all these Native women running in different states, different places, and it, it's really amazing having the community come together um, to support one another. And obviously, since you're running preceded, you're, you know, integrating into, into that, I guess, digital community in a sense, what's it been like since you've done that? Um, since you've been in Vegas and you've had, and you mentioned before, like you, you've been a couple other places since you lived on the reservation. But now that you are part of this, you know, digital community that really goes out of its way to support each other and to expand um, the outreach and, and, and things like that to the running world at large, um, how has it affected, you know, your connection with with your own running? Where I guess now you know that while well, you may be um, – one of one out on the street when you're running out in Vegas, or at least it feels that way. Uh, there's certainly more people behind you, um, you know, in a, in a, in a digital sense. Yeah, I really like it. I really like, um, I really like the, you know, the running community itself. Um, I feel that around it's around Vegas or around anywhere, you know, you meet a lot of people at races. Um, I'm happy to meet a lot of people that I've ran into. Like I just recently ran the rock and roll Las Vegas and I was able to meet a lot of people that follow me on Instagram. So it's really nice knowing that people really love to run and they do it for many reasons. Um, and it brings all of us together. Um, so it's really nice to get to know them. And that's a great point about, you know, you're, you're at these races, you're meeting all of these people, and there really is this this back and forth now in the running community where you have the people that you associate with, whether it's on Strava or Instagram or just in a digital sense. And then you have your in-person running community, which for some people can be even more vibrant, right, if you're part of this big, large running community, especially if you're in an urban area, or you have people like me who have odd hours and young kids, and you can't, like, you know, you're never, you're never out there with, with, with a running group, and it seems to all be on, you know, the the social media web pages and things like that. So how have you tried to marry the two, um, not just for your own personal satisfaction and enjoying the running community, but, you know, you're... In a, in, a, in a much larger sense, running for more than just yourself. So how have you been able to to expand on that and try to make the most of all of the people that you've been able to incorporate into your running life? Yeah, um, like I said, I am I I want to be able to have, you know, people look up to me, um, you know, and not just in terms of running, but, you know, to be able to get out, get up, um, get some air, you know, get 
get, you know, work out in, like exercise, um, you know, just do anything to be active. It's not only just about running um, with you meeting different people. Like I, I've ha- I have a son, so um, with him being active, I have to be active. So I, I just like to see other people, um, you know, playing with their ch- children at you know the playgrounds or you know just being physical active, like active, um, or you know, running the local 5Ks with your spouse, you know. Uh, so I feel like it just comes all in together with just being outdoors. For sure. How old is your son? He's four. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's probably starting to get, probably starting to now understand that mommy's going out on, on, on some serious runs, right? I'm trying to think my son is six. I think he gets it now, but I think at four, he was like kind of like a vague understanding of what, of what was going on. Yes, um, my son. He, I would say, he he can run a mile and a half. Um, no way! He, yeah, he runs Holy with cow. me. Yes, he runs with me, and I feel that he he started understanding when he was three. Um, I think because he would see me all the time, lace up my shoes and everything, and um, he always tells me now, "Mom, are you gonna go on a run? Uh, Mom's going to run now. Mom, okay." And he knows when I'm gonna be leaving out the door and to say goodbye to me. Um, oh, see you great. later. Yeah, so he he can run. So a mile and a half—that is that's a yeah. long way for those for those little legs. So was that like you kind of like, come on, come on, let's you can do it, you can do it, or was he just like, you know? I'm going, I'm going for it. And you're sitting there like, all right, like, I guess I'm running, I guess I'm running shotgun on this train here. Yeah, no, I, I feel, uh, when he first started, he, he usually just jumps out of the stroller, um, before, and he would say, I'm going to try and go run, or he would just like move his arms. And then eventually I, I taught him how to use his arms because he would dangle one and then use the other one. So <laughs> As he learned and as he was watching me, um, he just likes to do it. And and that's what he likes to do. But it's not like I'm, I'm making him or anything, but he enjoys it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I know. I always I always kind of go back and forth, right? And, like, I'm never in the situation of, like, making my kids play sports. And, obviously, I love sports and, and all of that. And it's, and it's great for kids to do, you know, be as active as possible. But I always sit there like, all right, like, I know they can do it. So do I kind of like nudge and kind of, you know, not, not make them, but kind of like encourage try to like them. pump them up, encourage them. Yeah. And, and you know, like you can do it. No, you can do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, and then, or just kind of be like, all right, no, just, I'll just lead by example and see if they'll follow along. I kind of go back and forth. I never quite know how to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he really likes to do it. And I think he, I think he will be a runner eventually, like when he grows up. <laughs> So obviously you're you're a mentor for him, which is really exciting. Who in the running community, um, whether it's Native women running and or people beyond that, or, or it could be anybody, but who are some people in the running community that um, you have served as mentors for you, either personally or just some that you've viewed from afar and you've taken inspiration from? Uh, I would, I mean, as mentioned before, it would be my dad from the get go. Um, you know. I, I, to this day, I wish he was, I wish he was alive. I always wonder how it would be if he was alive and if we would be running miles and miles together or, you know, races together. But I would say right now, who I look up to would be the whole running community that I follow. It gives me motivation to improve on myself or, um, 
not necessarily specific person I have in mind, um, just because everyone is um, supportive in their own way. Um, so I just look up to everyone that I see um, who has advice or who has motivation, encouragement or anything like that. You know, it, it gets you out the door. So just everyone um, provides all that um, feels for me to be able to, you know, um, keep going. And you mentioned before that while well, this will be your third marathon, that you have goals of going longer than that. So what are some of your, your I guess, longer-term running goals? Yeah, so I've never been uh, really a, a huge trail uh, racer or trail runner. Um, I, I just never have been, but I really want to do, like, longer distance other than the marathon. So, like, a 50K, 50-miler. 50 I always telling my husband, do you think I could run a hundred miles? <laughs> and he's like, um, yeah, but you're crazy. So, you know, just having that. I think you need to be. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a prerequisite to run a hundred miles. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I feel that I can do it. I just need to put in the work and I just need to find the right people around me. I don't, I don't really know anyone in Las Vegas. So I'm always running by myself. I'm always running with my son or my husband. So, you know, just finding that um, running community here within Las Vegas, I feel that I could get there. And when you think about just your personal, you know, growth and improvement as a runner, do you usually veer towards more of, all right, I want to keep growing, you know, how, how, how far can I go? How good can I feel at certain distances? Or do you go towards more like, all right, this is how fast I'm getting. I wonder, you know, wonder if I can get to this pace or where does your default improvement, you know, side usually go towards more like the, the speed development side or how good I can run and feel at, at different and, and uh, varying distances. Um, I would say the more how good I could feel. I don't really, I mean, PRs are fun. Um, you know, having good pace, high pace are fun, but everyone is different in, in, you know, in their running journey. So um, it could be either a setback from, you know, getting sick or, you know, pregnancy and all that. So um, I say just enjoying, um, enjoying running, you know, um, you are a runner. Everyone is a runner if they can run a mile or not even a mile, but you know, everyone I feel is a runner and it just enjoying the views and the nature and, um, just what it provides for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sam, this has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you. You're so awesome. And this is such an opportunity. It's wonderful uh, that they're doing this. Congratulations, Native Women Running. Definitely knew what they're doing, picking you to represent them. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you haven't already done so, if you don't know Sam, well, you got to go follow her. She's really good over on Instagram. She is so much fun to follow. You can follow her at Navajo Runner Sam. We got a link to her uh, Instagram in the show notes as well. She's just doing awesome stuff, as you heard. She's just wonderful. She's a wonderful person and just such a, a great person to talk to. I hope you are having a great day. I hope you had a great run today. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Bang.
Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.